Why does this thing exist? Podcast. Why does this thing exist? Podcast. Good morning, friends. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to a podcast called Why Does This Thing Exist? Podcast. Mm. I was going to th- I was to throw a .com in there, but uh, that's not our website, is it? So No. No. There will never no. be a website. I am no. not a machine. I am not code. <laughs> human being. Uh, one day, Simon, we'll all be code. <laughs> Nothing but code. Would you like to be in the Matrix, Dean? Ah, well, some might say I already am. Uh, I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I'd like to be in it if I have the option of leaving. I'm just going to see oh, what it's yeah. like. You know, just just like to a, pop in every now and then. Yeah, yeah you know, like you know, like, yeah. like, you know, like, like Magnus Weekend, you, know, you can just go, go away and sit in the caravan. <laughs> oh, it's nice in you. And then come back again. An old reference. <laughs> That's one of the very modern concepts. I'm going to make this as retro as possible. <laughs> Minus weekend. All, all the miners of the Matrix just go to a caravan by Barry Beach and have a sit down. Yeah, so, yeah, okay then. So next year, instead of a week in Puth Call, you're going to have a little holiday in the Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'll, I'll just sit down, you know, tank full of ghoul, put all the tubes in me. Marvellous. <laughs> you got to book early, mines. <laughs> Always fills up for the school holidays. <laughs> Ah, oh, more yeah. Matrix nonsense. Uh, Dean. Simon. What are you going to show me this week, Dean? Well, Simon, I want to show you something. Um, it, it's something that's been sort of tickling the back of my mind since I first saw it. Uh, you know, like a bit of, co- bit of popcorn that's stuck in your teeth and just won't go away forever and you just kind of poking at it. It's like that for me, but mentally. Uh-huh. But also, I said, I technically have to ask two questions about it. One, why does it exist? And also, mm-hmm. why doesn't it exist? Oh, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds yeah, yeah. that sounds baffling, doesn't it? Now, allow me to uh, enlighten you. I th- I th- well, to the best of my abilities, because I don't know. That's, that's the whole point of this. So, are you familiar with Alexandreo, the uh, the Greek writer, journalist type person? I don't think so. No, no. He's um, you know, one of the you know, one of the Guardian, you know, independent sorts. Um, I don't know the guy myself. Um, we sort of had some vague overlap when I was a Guardian person. Um, might have said hello to each other on Twitter once or twice, but I don't know him. This is not a personal beef against him in any way, shape, or form. That's not even what this is about. Um, Good. So, uh, again, he's a guy of Greek origin. Um, he is Greek, and uh, he has lots, you know, lots of columns and stuff. And I, you know, I was just peripherally aware of him. And he'd pop up in the Twitter conversations back when that was a, a perfectly normal thing to have rather than just a melting mm. bin fire, as it currently is. And then it's mostly just pornography there on Twitter now, isn't it? Uh, and Bitcoin, I think, uh, oh, or, or cryptocurrency. No, because Elon Musk has his own types, which he likes. Uh, as far as I'm aware, that's that's the deal. So, Better, in my opinion. <laughs> well, you never were a social media guy, were you? You've always loved a bit of crypto. No. Any old arsehole in the street will give you an opinion you didn't ask for. Not many that's of them will give you some advice on losing your money via cryptocurrency and then show you a pair of tits. <laughs> True. Apart from the taxi driver I was in the car with once who did the first thing. Um, very short journey. Had it gone longer, he might have done the second thing. I don't know. Um, I was in uh, a taxi once in Swansea, and I got the second one. The okay. taxi driver showed me um, a picture of a scantily clad woman and said mm. it was his daughter. Oh, God. that's so was, yeah. Didn't know I, what to say to that. Can't say anyway, that, please carry on. Alexandria. Yeah. Yeah, Alex Andreo. So he, um, you know, he's one of the you know, the political commentator sort, you know, the, the the columnist class. And fair uh, enough, you know, I don't really move in that world. Mm-hmm. But then, because I work in the literary world, this sort of entered my uh, 
entered my sphere of, uh, of interest, big announcement that he was uh, publishing his first book. This is 2015. 2015, okay. Yeah. Now, uh, he announced his book called The Magic Bayleaf, it was okay. called. Uh, so uh, here's the sort of summary of it. The Magic Bayleaf he described as blending memoir, food, and travel right in to reveal the hidden art of real Greek food. It's also the story of a son returning home to look after and cook for his mother. She suffers from Alzheimer's-related dementia. Right? Mm, yes. Laugh a minute at the moment. Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> in sumptuous prose, as enlightening as the elegant and featuring a book section of bold, adventurous recipes, this is a taste of Greece as a taste of home, reminding us of the importance of food to a country and family in crisis. And there's more stuff like that. But basically, it's a book but him and his experiences going back to Greece to look after his mother and cooking for her. And basically the recipes he used uh, whilst doing a sort of quasi-grief, like mental health journal, and commented on the state of Greek affairs uh, from a political perspective. Okay. Now, I think any one of those things would make a decent book. I was just baffled at the fact that he was going to combine them all into a cookbook, which segues into a personal journey into care of some with dementia, whilst commentating on the social political landscape of Greece. I, I was like, okay, wait, where do you put that on the shelf? <laughs> where, where does that belong? Where does that go? <laughs> Again, I don't object to it, but I was genuinely baffled as, okay, what? Well, how do you class that book? How do you, how do you, you know, <laughs> how? How do you get that out there? Purely from a shelf stacking in Waterstone's perspective, you were concerned. Were you even about this? Well, that was genuinely my the first librarians, thought. You've got to give a thought to the librarians. Because <laughs> at this time I was right in and going through my own journey into the publishing world. Um, yeah. And it was sort of, uh, I was discussing things with publishers and they were saying, they were very particular about, oh, this book wouldn't work because it doesn't fit this genre. They were very, maybe this was the time when I was told that book, we can't accept that pitch because we can't figure out how to get it on the one show. And that right. was like uh, this uh, very prominent uh, publisher who may or may not be named after a seabird, I don't know, were you know, they were very keen to talk to me and they said, well, we were going to go ahead with it, but we couldn't figure out how to get this on the one show <laughs> with you as a guest. Was, all right, I mean, I, I don't speak that as a <laughs> as a criteria, but should you be basing all your decisions on what the, the one show will put on? Should, <laughs> sure, that's not a sustainable model for a major publisher. Which, well, okay. I, basically, I think this book would be perfect for that sort of magazine programme. You've got some political insight there. Mm. You've got some recipes. Hmm. And you've got the harrowing story of your mother's demise. <laughs> well, that, that, see, no, that, thing is, that, thing, that was exactly my thinking. So, okay, again, any one of those I think would make a decent book. <laughs> but I, I, the, the combination of flavours was what was really throwing me. Yeah. But again, I thought, well, you know what, when this comes out, I'm going to buy it because I'm just genuinely curious now. Yeah. Um, last I checked, which was like two hours ago, not available yet, not out. He's <laughs> was, still writing it. Apparently, it's scheduled to be um, published in 2017, currently 2024. No sign of it. Well, I can uh, sort of see that because, hmm. you know, the, the political side of it in Greece is forever. It's constantly evolving, I guess. So hmm. he wants to keep it up to date. Totally, yeah. I can understand why. I guess his mother must have had a second wind or something. <laughs> Maybe. I don't, again, we haven't got the book. I don't know. I'm, I generally am curious to read it. Or oh, he could just be finding more and more things he likes to eat. <laughs> I mean, he's still going to eat, doesn't he? He's, he's, yeah, he's still, 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 still going strong. So he obviously keeps finding more and more food. Maybe, maybe some of those like Xeno Paradox books. You can never finish it because the thing it's about has never ended. Yes, like the dictionary. 
Yeah, yeah. There's no end of the dictionary, is it? It's like one of those infinite books yeah. that's received into the distance. There's no actual... Uh... Oh, once a month, I get a pamphlet through, and it's all the new words. Do you get this? <laughs> no, I'm, no, I've got a premium package. You have to send uh, it to yes, you and yes, get, get, yes. get the best of. Yes, yeah, you've got to sign up for words.com, and they send yeah. you a list of new words every month. Yeah. So, but the, the reasonable price of £3,000 a quarter. <laughs> Well, that's a lot of words, so we've got to be honest. It is. It's an infinite number of words. It's still you're technically not paying anything because yes. divided by the number of words you're getting. Yeah. I it's, it's, it used to be quite good, but it's gone downhill lately. <laughs> this bloke took it over, and what you get now is... The dictionary keeps on selling you cryptocurrency. Yeah. Yeah. And show me a tit. <laughs> keeps enforcing rather rather questionable words. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Eugenics pops up a lot. Strange, strange. Yeah, it does actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, you've got to keep your ear to the ground for these things. But, um, okay, so that, you know, guy pitches and gets accepted for you know, a, a, a strangely uh, formatted book. I'll, I'll accept that. The fact that he hasn't finished yet, I'll accept that. Given all that, why did it win an award? <laughs> it, won the, it won the first ever Jane Grigson Trust Award for food writing. <laughs> so <laughs> it's one no, of the no. uh, Right. Uh, okay, I was giving this guy the benefit of the doubt. Um, maybe it's, I don't. I don't blame him for this either. I think I, I blame the Jane Grigson Trust. They shouldn't be handed out awards for things that don't exist. That, that, you, know, you see what I'm saying? Okay, so did did it exist? Does it not exist? Was it? Did they see a draft and it never got published? Are you sure you don't give an award to a book which has never seen the light of day? It's amazing. So the more I look into this, the more sort of more onion layers just peel back and reveal more layers beneath, and I'm. Kind of thrown by what what's going on here with this. There was a fall album that got leaked online, mm. and um, Marky Smith was not happy about it. So he decided to remix the the whole thing and do it again. Right, good for him. Do you think that's happening with this? Someone got like a, a PDF of it, and he was furious, and he's gone right. Maybe it's not going to be a member of it anymore. Now it's going to be about my cat. <laughs> oh, it's not going to be about food. It's going to be about drinks. Actually, about Greece. <laughs> oh, maybe he goes, about Cyprus. <laughs> Bollocks to this. My name is now Stephanie Meyer. I'm doing the Twilight series. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it hasn't been anything since. Well, it turns out this was actually a much more profitable approach. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he did that. Maybe he just took what he'd written. He did Control F, did Find and Replace, and he replaced <laughs> Bayleaf with Vampire. And then <laughs> yeah. Moussaka with Edward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh I, I can. I like that as, a, as an idea. I'm just sort of... Tell yeah, me more I, about this Jane Grigson Trust. Um, uh, I don't trust it, award. funnily enough. Yeah, uh, Who is she? Is she a liar? Famous liar? Reader of uh, non-existent books? Anyway, I'll read the first sentence here. Jane Grigson was a profound liar who claims to have written and read every single book ever made. <laughs> Even the theoretical ones. Um, edit point, she is dead. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> Oh, she'll be dead 24 years. No, 34 years. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> so, so this dead woman is giving out awards to books that don't exist. See, now, see, every time you come, every, every time you look further into it, it gets more, more and more baffling. I'm sort of, I don't know how to describe this. It's just a, uh, it's just weird. <laughs> you can win an award for a book you've never written. Um, I haven't. I've written five and I've won, I've won a sausage. It just, Wait a minute, Dean. Wait a minute. This makes more sense. Hmm. It's a prize award to, that they give to people to help them finish their books, man. Is it? 
Yes, it says the prize money is intended to help the winner fund further travel or research in oh, the vital okay. time between so gaining a commission and delivery of the manuscript. Dean, this all makes sense now. It's not an award for a book that's come out. Right. It's something to help somebody go on a little holiday when they should be finishing off the book. Yeah, well, I, I, in a sense, doesn't that make it worse? You know, someone, a memorial fund has paid for him to finish his book and he hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Pull your finger out. <laughs> Dude, I've got hundreds and thousands of unfinished projects on exactly. my hard drive. Give me some money, Jane. <laughs> exactly. This looks like a good book, Dean. Let's see if this one ever come into fruition. Angela Clutton, and she wrote a book called The Vinegar Cupboard. None of these exist. I'm going to be quite miffed. because I quite just... like the name, Angela Clutton. <laughs> it does sound good. It come out, Dean. It come the out. The cupboard it's, seems it's, to be available. What's it about? Let's see. Let's see I'm going to guess vinegar, but... Um, I bet it's not about vinegar. I bet it's about lesbian. Recipes and history of an everyday ingredient. No, it's about vinegar. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, everything new to know about vital ingredient for good cooking. An authoritative compendium on the history of production. Can you... Can you just cook with just vinegar? <laughs> Is that a thing? <laughs> I think so. If you want to die. Nice <laughs> bowl of mild acid, sir. You know what? It doesn't sound too bad. You've, you've had vinegar on the stove for three months and it's reducing down to something quite, quite chewy. <laughs> really, really quite tart. <laughs> it's a bit sharp, this uh, reduced vinegar. <laughs> yeah, vinegar shards. <laughs> Nothing there's anything in it to actually be reduced to, but my house just stinks of <laughs> really acerbic smells. Do you um, like vinegar, Dean? I'm not even sure if I know that. I, I do. You do yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do. I'm a big fan. I'm, I was one of the North kids who actually preferred it to the salt when in, in a salt and a crisp and or chip. <laughs> well, yeah, I did tell you this, but you believe the salt and vinegar crisps. <laughs> some of them are salt and some of them are vinegar. Then no, no, but I, I think the, the, the notes of vinegar. I always preferred that bit. I was right. Uh, I see what you're saying. Enough, but yeah. uh, I thought this was another one of your mad crisp theories. <laughs> Don't get me started. I have stuff about this, which, which I should bring to you next time, listener. But um, but uh, there was a guy, you know, the pub I grew up in, and my mother told me this, but um, he was uh, the sort of guy, if he went to America, I would love it because they do a lot of eating challenges. Uh, I guess he was a local rugby lad or something. And and like he, I think it was a big party people and they'd left, and they'd left loads of leftovers. And he's like, can I have those? Like, if you want, just a bit, <laughs> just want to eat leftovers in front of a room full of people. And he's like, yeah. And he did, and he ate it, everything. Wow. And just as a show of defiance, he drank all the vinegar from the bottles as well. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. As a chaser or something. What? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, mate, calm down. <laughs> uh, I, I do like, quite like absolutely unnecessary displays of machismo like that. Yeah, it was just a pure flex. Like, but yeah. no one's impressed by this. Like, the guy in the corner going, oh, I only drank three bottles of vinegar. He's done five. Damn it. <laughs> I emasculated. <laughs> that fella just slips off his wedding ring. He can't go home now. <laughs> yeah. It's wife's finding herself. Yeah. Who's that guy in the corner? Just throwing up violent. <laughs> I love the way you vomit. <laughs> like a real man. It's a kiss. Tastes like onions. <laughs> anyway. Any um, old way. So, hey, yeah. uh, did I ever tell the story on this podcast about um, an old job I used to have and um, the big, big boss? I think he had some kind of like CB or MB or something. And he was a massive fat man, like one of the biggest <laughs> I've ever seen. And um, 
he's every meeting, like no matter what time of day, he'd have a buffet with it up to like three meetings a day, three buffets a day. <laughs> okay. And all the leftovers used to get sent down to us, lowly administrative staff. Right. And my line manager was said to me when I just started, don't try the crisp sign. And I was like, why? And then he goes, he licks them. What he used to do was, because you'd just get a bowl of crisps with the meat then. Some crisp flavours he liked and some he didn't. And he would just lick them all. Right. And the ones he didn't like, he would just put back in the bowl and send them down to us. Oh. Yeah. Is that a flex or they're just like... I think I think that's how you get rest. ahead. That's how you yeah. get ahead in, yeah. Yeah. yeah, just pure sociopath. <laughs> that's yeah. what that is. So beware, listeners. That's a warning to all. Yes, yeah. don't don't eat abandoned crisps. <laughs> what are we going to give this book, which may or may not exist, um, yeah. the Jane Griggs Memorial Award? I'm tying that into it as well, Dean, and also <laughs> okay. the vinegar cupboard as well. <laughs> okay. Um, well, ironically, the, the reason I brought this to you is because there's far too many dis- disparate elements combined in. So you decide to up the ante and combine more elements to yep. it. So. Um, I'm going to place. I'm going to give it a full five because uh, it's intrigued me for many years, despite having never read it. Um, now that you've added these all these things, it's too much for me to possibly object to everything. I'd like to, I'd like to take a positive viewpoint. I'll give it a five because there's nothing there to satisfy everyone. Truly, that's right. That's true. But I'm going to give it a four because I'm I'm hoping that by not giving him the full marks, it'll give him some encouragement to get that book out there because I do think it sounds um, like quite a good book actually. Hmm. Again, I'm just intrigued to read it because. Just the concept. I'm, I'm actually genuinely curious as to how we would put, pull all this together. Yeah. So, good. There we go then. I look forward to it. Get your finger out, Andre, whatever your name was. Andrea, Angela Clutton. Speak to Angela Clutton about it. She knows how to get a book out. <laughs> or Dean. <laughs> None taken, Simon. <laughs> Welcome back, listeners. Welcome back. So for my section this week, Dean, I'm going to be continuing the food theme. And mm, um, what we've got here is something that I've instructed you to go and get mm. from Morrison's. Morrison's, yes. Nowhere else seems to have it. So I've not seen this before anywhere. So, you know, well, I no. didn't know it existed until you told me to go get it. That's usually <laughs> sign. It's not a household object, is it? Uh, and what it is, listeners, is... It's a form of cheese, and it's called tiramisu Wensleydale. Right, yeah. So I've just opened mine, my big lump of tiramisu cheese. I'll, I'll do a visual assessment first. Yeah, mine is collapsing everywhere, and I'm just throwing it all down inside my chair, which is not good. Yeah. You go on, go on, Dean, while I sort this out. Uh, visually, it does have a strong tiramisu vibe about it. It's got the sort of, you know, the chocolatey centre colour, um, yes. flecks of chocolate throughout it. So... I feel like they're leaning heavily into the sweet aspect. It, it does smell like it as well. Can you smell this, listener? Yeah, mm. smell of vision. You know, if if yeah. you've got the uh, Patreon package, you get the smell of this now. So here's the basic description. Uh, it's Wensley's Eagle Cheese with espresso spirit, chocolate chips, and Coke. Mm. This product contains alcohol. Oh. So this is a cheese. Uh, when I saw it, I thought, oh, Yes, this is ideal for the podcast because me and Dean are pigs and we love eating food. <laughs> all, all valid, all valid. And this is quite a confusing product, isn't it? It's cheese, mm. it's got coffee in it, booze, and chocolate. Yeah. Now, cheese for me and coffee doesn't go anyway. No, no, I'm, uh, I'm, 
I have a strange relationship with coffee in the house. I only drink it if I you know, need the caffeine hit. Otherwise, I'm a tea guy. But when I'm out anywhere else, I'll do for coffee first because I'm very particular about my tea and nowhere else does it like my home tea. So ah. I'm an outdoors coffee, indoors tea guy. It's a strange setup, I know. But I'm not one of those fussy, one of those fussy ones. I don't like the, you know, the elaborate three-bean fusion bollocks. I don't even know the words, you know. I'm not doing you the know, whole chat or thing. But, uh, you're not interested in the origin of the bean, you Dean? No, no. I couldn't give less of a fuck, Simon, honestly. Mm. I'm not really either, to be honest. It's not something I care about. Oh, um, with a caveat that it's just like someone says this bean was slave labor, 50 people died for it. Just, you know what? I don't want it. Fine, take it back. I'm not yeah. it. As long as I get a caffeine in it, I don't give a shit. I'm not, <laughs> not doing that. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not curious about the origins of beans. Would you like to try that one where it's like the little cat type creature and it shits it out? I've, oh, I know of that because I saw it in the film The Bucket List. Mm. Um, which was a disappointing film. So it sort of soured the coffee for me. <laughs> <laughs> You'd want sour coffee. It's bitter coffee. Is. Yeah. It's sour. So, so I'm not hugely enthused about it. But um, if someone's got off me a cup, I would... You know, the first thing I do is just stick milk in it and just ruin it. So you know, yeah, yeah, I, true. it'd be swandered on me personally. So that's my, that's my thing about coffee. How do you think about tiramisu as a thing? Um, I, I like coffee a lot. I think I like coffee more than I like cake. So... Mm. Um, Tiramisu is all right. Um, I don't like, you know, when you have sponges in like a trifle or something and it gets mm. all like wet and cold. I don't like that. Yeah, odd texture, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it wouldn't be one I would go for, tiramisu. Yeah. I find tiramisu is a bit like, uh, well, like pizza, obviously, from the same country of origin, but it really depends on who makes it. Yeah. Obviously, it can be really nice. It can be quite generic. It can be... Ugh. Really? Like this sloppy mess. So, mm. yeah, it's a very fun. Like Rolf Harris made you feel you probably wouldn't like it. No, but that plays most things if Rolf Harris made you I think, A, how are you alive? B, get off me, you dirty I man. take that back, listeners. <laughs> He's, uh, yes. Simon's very pro Rolf Harris. I'm sorry. That's right. Uh, yes. Notorious sex offender Rolf Harris. We, he deserves a full apology. All those <laughs> lovely authors we were slandering earlier on. <laughs> that dead woman, Jane, Jane Whitstables. <laughs> Crickson, Crickson. Sorry. Enough delay, Dean. Yeah. Stop trying to talk about Rolf Harris all the time. You absolute bastard. Let's eat this foul cheese. And listen, okay. there's one more thing. Um, my cheese went off yesterday because we were going to record this last week and we forgot. So <laughs> my cheese is slightly grey. It has a grey complexion to it. Does yours have that, Dean? Does it have grey specks? Kind of fresh, but it does have a sort of. It's a vaguely sickly vibe about it, yeah. It's, oh. The brown itself isn't that healthy. Right, then. Let's go in, then. Let's find it. Right, let's go in. Okay. A big truck. Hmm. Hmm. Um. It started off okay. I think it started off okay. But I then, think, yeah. I think it veered too far into cheese. Do, do you know, I, I can't taste much... It's got the sort of crumbly texture of the wings, you know, yeah. Mm. Well, it, it would, because it is wings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be like, like like a duck or something like that, is it? But I think uh, it, the only thing I can taste is the chocolate chips. I didn't get one. Mm. Yeah. It's a bit sharp. Do you know, this is, once again, Dean, they haven't gone far enough. No, no. They've, um, it doesn't taste of anything. They've like, tried to meet everyone in the middle. I could compromise, leave no one happy. What it made me think of 
It was like, first of all, it felt like I was eating a cheesecake. Yeah. Which is which I like. I do like cheesecake. Mm-hmm. And then it, then it's a, as a melody in your mouth, you, um, the, the cake aspect melted away and you were left with just cheese. Yeah, it's very much which, so. Which is an experience I'm not entirely sure I, I want. Yeah, I don't dislike no. cheese per se, but I don't want it. I, I'm not a big fan of the whole combining cheese with desserts anyway. Cheesecake is the exception because it's cream cheese, which is not really cheese. What other ones are there? Or like they put um, cheese slices on. Yeah, on, or a cheese board. You know, yeah, like you know, the, the cheese board, like the cheese as a dessert option, I always find a bit, a bit of a cop out, not just second main. Well, this is, I was going to say this because <laughs> you after a meal, you either have a cheese board or you have coffees, didn't you, in a restaurant? Mm. Yeah. You don't have. Cheesy coffee. You, yeah, would you, want, do you want a pile of cheese and a cup of coffee, pig? Nobody says that to you. <laughs> I think well, it depends where you're going. It's the way Tech calls you a pig in any context. <laughs> Something's gone awry somewhere, isn't it? I mean, there was a all you can eat Chinese in Cardiff Bay. You know, me and my wife went there once and I'd had like I think three plates. And I was like, Oh, that's enough now. There's enough three plates of Chinese. And so I asked for the bill, and the waiter comes over and he goes, You're not gonna eat any more. And I was like, oh, I've had enough, thanks. And he goes, you eat more. Be strong for your woman. <laughs> I don't want any more. Yeah, what does it make to you? Yeah, don't make any more money off me. Yeah, then she hit him. Then. Oh, okay, thank <laughs> you for defending me. Yeah, I can't move. Yeah. I'm eating three plates of Chinese. <laughs> How many plates would you do in a sit-in, do uh, Three is usually my my norm. I try to have at least three. but You've I got to have at least three. Yeah, I, although... <laughs> I did this with um, I've read Dave once and uh, regular podcaster Dave, uh, regular podcast guest Dave Steele went out for before his stag do thing and uh, went to a buffet and I, I had a what I referred to as a polite salad. <laughs> I had a salad to be polite. <laughs> so, I'm just gorge on various fried things in the next 20 minutes, 30 minutes. So maybe I'll have a polite salad first. So I can at least kid myself. <laughs> I'm at least health conscious in some capacity. <laughs> The the uh, same guy I used to work with that I mentioned earlier, who told me not to eat the crisps. First time he went to an all you can eat Chinese buffet, he said that he ate so much that he was hallucinating. <laughs> and his wife had to drive them home, and he just collapsed on the stairs. And his dog came over and started licking his face because he thought he was dying. <laughs> okay. Oh, he just riddled them MSG. The dog was <laughs> tasty good. <laughs> Let's go back to the cheese. Let's have another bite of this cheese. Okay, I'll have another. I'm having another bite of the cheese. Another segment. See if a bit of time and I've let it breathe. Let it breathe. A, aye. Yeah, for six minutes. <laughs> so mm. definitely taste of chocolate. I would yeah. say the cheese comes at the end as some kind of like unwelcome visitor. Mm. Can't taste much coffee in it or alcohol. <laughs> no. The amount of alcohol just dissipates because it's, you know, it's a volatile substance, isn't it? So yeah. Before I sort of give a ranking on it, uh, I'm not sure if you know this, but I'm not a soft cheese guy by the, at the best of times. So I'm not sure how strong Wednesday is meant to be because this could be like perfect Wednesdaydale, and I'm just not <laughs> not familiar with it. I think it's um, a weak flavour, Wednesdaydale. Okay. I think it's the sort of cheese you'd have, like, if you'd um, come out of a coma and you wanted to be gently reintroduced <laughs> back to the cheese world. The nurse would give you a bit of this. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, oh yeah, it's got strong hospital food vibe, isn't it? Yeah, it does. Yes, yes. They prescribe this, Dean, in some countries, not on the NHS because it's too expensive. No. If you're lucky, you might get a daily triangle shoved up your ass. (laughs) Nailed by mouth. That's what they said. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed by mouth, cheese by ass. Uh, I'm going to wrap away this cheese now. Uh, I own listeners. You'll be glad to know that I spent one pound eight pence on my piece of cheese. How much do you spend on yours, Dean? I think mine was one pound seventy. So one pound seventy. So you had a slightly bigger bit, but mm. not oh, my weight, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, not a lot of. <laughs> I thought, oh, they see him coming. Ah, oh, here comes old <laughs> cheesy ignoramus Burnett. <laughs> He'll pay this... anything. Put yeah. whatever. <laughs> Let's jack up the price of this bad boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want to give it a score? I'm, I'm sick of it now. I want to move on to something else. Yeah, I've had bored of it. Um, it's, it's kind of insipid stuff, isn't it? Um, yeah. I'll give it a two because it does taste chocolatey, slightly tiramisu And I think the gist I'm getting is that it does taste like Wensleydale as well. Just not especially fond of any of those things. So I'm yeah. just combining things I'm, I'm indifferent to. So yeah, two seems about right. I'm going to give it a three because I could eat it. Mm. I was hoping for more, though. I was hoping it'd be a bit more powerful than that. If someone says to you, this, this is cheese, right? Mm. It's got coffee, alcohol, chocolate in it as well. You'd be like, oh. I think, yeah, I definitely read that. Give that give a go. I tell you what, give me that. I'll do it on my podcast. And then you'd <laughs> do it on your podcast and it'd be a real damp squib. And you'd be like, fucking hell. Yeah. It is another one to consign to the archive mm. of you know, interesting sound infusion foods, which just mm. half ass it. Just don't, like, don't commit. I'm bumping it up to a three, Dean. It's going up to a three. Because I've just remembered that I insisted that you would drive to Morrison's to get this. <laughs> so that was a waste of your time as well. So yeah. good, good. And, and bad for the environment. So, yeah, yeah, bad for the environment too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hello again, here we are now then. This is the final section of the show. And it's random Wikipedia article, isn't it, Dan? It is, Simon. Everyone's favourite section. Everyone's favourite section. Favorite section. Where you look at a random article on Wikipedia and... See what sense you can make of it. I'm going to be pressing the button now. Three, two, one, here it comes. Big Brother, Dutch TV series, Dean. Oh, the Dutch version of Big Brother. The originator, I believe. I thought it was Dutch first. Yeah, it's the, this is, it's, if it's like right. um, the Big Bang of TV, isn't it? It's the Big Bang of TV, Dean. Yeah. Yeah, which which would make more sense if that wasn't also a TV show. <laughs> so, here we go. Yeah. Uh, Big Brother is the Dutch version of the international reality TV series Big Brother. Hmm. Ah, it created the format. There we go. So it, it is the origin, the originator. Kirsten Clever actually had a house and tried to avoid being evicted by viewers. It's, it's weird. I realize Big Brother's not on anymore, is it? It hasn't been for a while. Oh, no, it was on recently, funny enough. It's, it had gone it? to um, Channel 5, I want to say. It was back. Is it, it regular Big somewhere. Brother or Celebrity Big Brother? Regular Big Brother, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, it must have passed you by. It di- it didn't have any sort of um, uh, renaissance, really. There was a bit yeah, of fluff about all the, the the people who used to be in it and the papers, but then it went away. It hasn't had the sort of comeback the Gladiators had. No, no, it hasn't been long enough. No, it's um, true. Yeah. It's quite good, the new Gladiators. Yeah, you know, you know the good things about it, yeah. Um, it's not good. Yeah, but, it's yeah. never good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a bit of fun, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Big Brother. Uh, origins of John DeMol. Uh, John DeMol. Tell me that. John DeMol, Patrick Scoltz, uh, Bart Romer, and his brother Paul Romer, 
brothers. Ideal call, ideal call for a luxurious house with six contestants, close for a year. Oh, Christ. That's a long one. I was sure you said every year, was it? No, no, no. That was, that was the call. Months. They adver- They looked for people for a year. Ah, okay. Close for a year, okay. Maybe this article needs brushing up. <laughs> yes. I know that's all your comprehension skills sadly lack indeed. No, it's good. Is it translated from Dutch? Maybe it's so, you know, it's, could be translated it, from Dutch. Yeah, because they're famously good at English, so but someone else might have done a bit of a handed job of it. Right, Dean, try, try your best to get through this uh, right. origin section, and then we're <laughs> right. going to go on to the lawsuits, because they've tickled my eye, and I want to want to get straight on to that. So I'll just ba- bang your way through this now, right, and then we'll get on to the lawsuits. I didn't look down that far. I thought you were telling me, Let's, you read this, and we'll get on to the lawsuits. <laughs> I'm going to do it so badly, it'll be a genuine case for libel. <laughs> <laughs> You're so bad at this. You're <laughs> suing already. <laughs> You're being preemptively sued from mangling it. Okay. Um, Bart Roma and his brother Paul Roma, they lived in a house for 100 years. No, Dean, <laughs> read it properly. They are going to sue the fucking gets out of us, Dean. <laughs> the work entitled was uh, The Golden Cage. The original concept was eventually realised as a reality TV show on Dutch television at the end of 2006. Thought it was earlier than that, not obviously. Um Former Big Brother, also influenced by MTV's Real World, began in 92. Uh, Real World introduced confessions by housemates. Skim, skim, skim. The idea of producing 24-7 streaming video, influenced by websites like JennyCam.com. Uh, development occupancy of the house was reduced to 100 days. Yeah, so it wasn't a year. And it's a house was abandoned in favour of prefabricated house. Ah, because they can sort cameras and the spaces for them. In some experiments, the employee of the production house, the allure of slow television was discovered and the potential for a daily programme was realised. Lawsuits. <laughs> Before we go to the lawsuits, actually, it says the working title was uh, The Golden Cage, and then The Golden Cage has got a link. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we'll, uh, should we have a quick look at that? Because if the working title, and they they decided to go back to it or something. Um, oh, I'm not reading that. It's something about breast enlargement service. <laughs> Okay. One participant regularly ordered the use of prostitutes. This sounds crazy. Yeah, this sounds like so a his more... big brother, but everybody, some some people were bullying. Right. Oh God, this sounds awful. Dude. Big brother and better actually, actually, doesn't it? It's, yeah. Yeah. It seems like this might be a more entertaining series, but they can only do it once. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Very <laughs> much a one and done deal. <laughs> On to the lawsuits. Right. <laughs> Uh, George Orwell, he sued them from the beyond the grave, apparently, Dean. <laughs> oh, of course, Big Brother is his concept, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Uh, the years of Orwell the settled. of Orwell settled with Endemol and the US network CBS after legal proceedings against the concept because of the American version. Hmm. Payment has never been revealed. Mysterious. Yeah. Exactly like old Big Brother himself. Yeah. We also find out that um, whereas uh, Jake Grigson deceased author gives money from beyond the grave George Orwell taketh away so, right. yes, so you know yes. different 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 strokes different folks I guess yeah uh, uh, there's a Voyadorm lawsuit now then what's Voyadorm. this that one of David Cronenberg's films uh, <laughs> very good <Yeah. laughs> I think David Cronenberg listens to this podcast team not anymore. I think like oh, he used to, true. but... Yeah. Uh, he checked out around episode 40, didn't he? But yeah. he realised we were quickly going downhill. I have filmed some of the most graphic scenes known to mankind, but I cannot say more about Dean's balls. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what he thought. 
Uh, right. So according to a lawsuit in 2000 in the New York Federal District Court, Big Brother was homegrown in the United States. The idea, said the suit, came out of meetings in summer 1999 between CBS executives and Voyadorm.com, a Tampa, Florida adult website of eight college-age women. Okay. These women lived, ate, slept, studied, and sunbathed naked under 55 cameras. Sounds What's like that. Okay. Where's the lawsuit in this? I don't understand it's it. Concept? Intellectual property? I mean, looking at, all, yes, I think looking at women has been long established by 2000. Well, did Big Brother sue them then? I don't understand I, it. Who's no. suing who? And how can they do it if this lawsuit was brought in 2000? Yeah. Well, Big like Brother started later. in 1999. Uh, well, I guess maybe. it's not that far. Intellectual property, I think. They're just saying that, you know, watching people 24 7 on a camera is our idea, even though I guess it seems obvious now, but maybe it wasn't the done thing. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Castaway, Bob Geldof. <laughs> yeah, Bob Geldof alert. In two, also in 2000. He was a fucking heavy year for lawsuits in 2000. A lot going on, yeah. <laughs> this, 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 is, this, is the, this is what the Millennium Bank did. That's oh, that's what yes. Y2K. Yeah. Y2K starts suing Endemol. <laughs> yeah. All these global problems that they're frantically addressing, they actually missed the don't sue Endemol timer, which we said at midnight yeah. <laughs> in 1999. People's pacemaker just blowing up because <laughs> Endemol can get sued. What's Geldof's problem? Let's, let's find out about this. Sued Endemol for theft of format in a court in Amsterdam. Rip off his Survivor show. Oh, Survivor. Oh, right. Three dates. Big Brother then. I didn't know that. I didn't. I didn't think it did. Because again, I see Big Brother as like the the Big Bang of these mm. sort of shows. Um, now then, I'm going to skip past all this other gaffing. This sounds boring mm. to me. And I'm going to go to Hotel Big Brother. Yeah, it's a big article. Ah, yes. okay. It's not an actual hotel. It's a second celebrity spin-off version, <laughs> and they just called it that. Select. Also, something quite seedy about the phrase "second celebrity spin-off version." <laughs> that sounds like I can hear the battle being scraped. <laughs> of course, these are all Dutch um, celebrities. We got some great names here: Bart Spring Interveld. Sounds good. That is a good name. We won in nineteen ninety nine. Must, yeah. be, must be good. Everyone knows the the Big Brother winners. Still household names today. Yeah, so do you remember Bart bringing the belt? Yes, Elva boy. Elva boy and all woman, who knows? <laughs> ah, Dean, it didn't go very well for Bart and Develt, Dean. Okay. In an interview with the Times newspaper of London, Spring and Develt revealed he had suffered five breakdowns in the past eight years as he tried to get back his privacy. Oh, dear. Oh, Sorry, Bart. It's true that I helped create a mindless monster. I'm not too proud of it. Big Brother took away the need to make inspiring programs and replace them with mindless chatter. It is time to put it in a museum for weird art, the facts of television history. All right, Bart. Okay. <laughs> Some of us enjoy Big Brother and the <laughs> continued breakdowns of its winners. <laughs> Maybe we'd enjoy it more if you went to that one where people will do it in Top surgery on each other and ordering prostitutes and that. <laughs> Maybe. Depends what you're into, I suppose. Yeah. Anything else you would like to look at here, Dean? Uh, not really. Ready, I've, ready it's actually it's a very, very big article. And I'll say I've never had any particular enthusiasm for reality TV. Uh, so 
I guess the origins of it are interesting, uh, you know, from a socio-economic perspective. But um, I just never, I don't know. I just, I just never got into it. I'm, I, I can understand that people would, but it's, it's never tickled any of my fancy. So, mm. yeah, and articles about it uh, have seemed to have a similar effect. So, uh, I'm, I'm perfectly happy to not ever think of this again. And this, I did used to watch it, but this is the Dutch version. Mm. I didn't watch that. I've got nothing more to say either, apart from it was on from 1999 until 2002. Mm. Took a two-year break. Well, three years, actually, but look, they had to come back in 2005 for another two series. Mm. And then uh, didn't come back till 2021. So they were dipping in and out of even more than we were, the Dutch. I also just suddenly remember that I have actually been to the end of all headquarters in London. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming it's because it was like their big show at the time, but you walk in and you know, given that everything end of all was made, there was nothing on the wall but pictures of um, Total Wipeout <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. And one big picture of Bob Geldof the line through it. <laughs> <I> said, no. <laughs> oh, it's funny, isn't it? You know, if you'd thought at the time that uh, so much of your mind would be taken up but with, Worrying about big red balls in the future, <laughs> then maybe you would have paid more attention to Topol Wipeout. Topol Wipeout. <laughs> yeah. Topol yeah. Wipeout. It's a lesson for another day. Speaking of Wipeout, what are we going to give this uh, this cumbersome uh, article? It's a good article. It's it got some weird bits yeah. in it. Why John DeMol has got his own section named after him, and then it's more yeah. about the, like, you should just say origins. Early development, but instead of writing early development, they've written John de Mole. Yeah, who seems to have not the most pivotal role in it. So no, I like okay. that though. It's um, <laughs> yeah. it's a real little mm. uh, it's little a real segue, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But surely a Wikipedia article shouldn't just leave you keep you guessing. I thought the whole point of this is just to explain what, what what's happening. I think though, though, as we've been looking at these every week and. They've mostly been dog shit. That little <laughs> things like that is what's keeping it interesting for me. I don't oh, know about yeah, you, yeah. listener. Maybe you just That's need true. to know the facts still. I know you like looking for a picture as well, and I can confirm that there is one. It's the logo for the Big Brother. Doesn't look mm. very good, actually. I think ours is better mm. with the eye. Yeah, a bit more menacing ours. Yeah, this one looks like a toy. Mm. Ah, hang on, before we go, Dean, we need to find out who presented the first series. Okay. Uh, it doesn't say. <laughs> okay, well, I guess... Daphne Deckers. Daphne Deckers, Dean. Daphne Deckers. Oh, okay. oh she looks great. Yep. She, I bet she's good. She was in Tomorrow Never Dies, Dean. Was she really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I watched That's, that much longer. Don't remember it at all. Yeah, it <laughs> so. I knew we watched that. So, Daphne Deckers, Dean, what are you going to give her out of uh, five? <laughs> no, not really, of course. This article, Big Brother, the Dutch. Um, I'll give it a three, because uh, I think it is, you know, it's... You know, it's a very encompassing article, but it's about you know, the source material was broadcast to the world for years on end. So I've imagine you have to do much of a deep dive for that. Um, but yeah, like it, it doesn't do it for me personally. Uh, I think you know it could be. Uh, no, you know what? That's my personal prejudice. I give it a four. Um, four. Yeah, I give it a four. It's a four, and for me, I'm going to give it a four as well. It's a good article. It had that little quirk about John Demol. Uh, had some information about lawsuits. Some of them didn't really make much sense, but nevertheless, it's something I'm interested in. Air Fryer Chat. 
Have you got an air fryer? They're really popular now. You can cook chips in them. Chicken too. Chicken too. Or so I hear. It's air fryer month. Welcome back, friends. So, uh, we are doing some investigative journalism now, and we're doing to finish off air fryer month. Indeed. Uh, we're outside Curry's now, and it looks particularly quiet in there today, Dean, and that's good, isn't it, I think? Yeah, yeah, not a lot of custom today from first impressions, um, probably due to cost of living or something, people keep saying that. Um, not good for curries, I imagine, but uh, it's going to be beneficial for us at least, and that, I think, is the main thing. Well, that's right, that's all that matters really, isn't it? I don't, I've got the chips, Dean, um, here they are. Anything else we need to do, or should we go straight in? Uh, I say we just get us over, to be honest. So, hey, Dean, here we go, right then, we're going in, listeners. Right then, uh, right. Dean... Um, we get the attention of someone working here, don't we? Um, I suppose, yeah. Any, can you see anybody? Oh, there's someone. Uh, excuse me. Do you work here? I do, yes. How can I help you? Oh, uh, right, marvellous. Uh, well, this is um, uh, Dr. Dean Burnett. He's a very famous author and neuroscientist, and I'm his um, assistant, Simon. Hello, hello. Now then. Um, sad news, but uh, Dr. Burnett, he's recently suffered a catastrophic mental collapse and he's developed a very strange disorder. Uh, I have, yes, I have. Yes, yes, indeed. Oh, well, I'm very sorry to hear that, sir. Thank you. That, that means a lot to me. Really. So I've appointed myself as uh, Dr. Burnett's therapist and I've decided that it'd be a very good thing for him to do if he could focus on his musical skills as a recovery aid. OK, right. Um, so we're, we're looking to see if you've got any keyboards in, re really, today. And if you do, can you please show them to Dr. Burnett this instant? Yes, mm. certainly. I can show you to the keyboards, Dr. Burnett. Ah, uh, marvellous. OK, then. I'll see you in a bit then, Dean. You just go off and do that now. Oh, one more thing, though. Are you the only person working here at the moment? I am, yes. Do you need help with anything else, sir? Uh, no, no, that's, that's fine. Don't worry about us. You take Dr. Burnett, then, and I'll wait here. I, I won't mess around with any of the air fryers or anything like that, so there's nothing to worry about. <laughs> OK. All right then, Dr. Burnett, please follow me. They're just up here. There we go. Right then. Good luck, Dean. Right then. So, they're going off now, listeners, and I'm making my way towards the air fryers. Um, I've decided that we're going to use the floors and chips instead of Maris Pipers. Um, mostly because they cook quicker, and I, you know, I didn't want to... Oh, Dean started. Good work, Dean. Yes, he's got it. Right. Um, okay, so this is the, the Ninja Food Max Dual Zone AF400 UK air fryer. And it costs £246.99. Right, first things first, why not make that £250? Right then, chips are going in. Um, okay, um, turn it on. I can't find the plug, listeners. It doesn't seem to have a plug. Is it, it's not battery. How do you get this fucking thing working? Uh, fuck that, I'll try a different one. Um, this one here, now then. This one is the Ninja Foodie Dual Zone AF300. Um, and this one's only £149. It doesn't look much different to the other one, to be honest, but um, we'll give this one a go instead. Maybe it's like a bargain or something. Uh, 
and pour in the chips again. Right, chips are in. There's no fucking plug on this one either. Oh shit. Keep going, Dean. Keep going, Dean. I can't find the plugs. Abort! Abort! We're being rumbled! Abort! Abort for the fucking hell. Right, well, uh, we're back in the car now. And Dean, uh, that was a failure, I'm afraid to say. Uh, yes, but also I think it went as well as can be expected. You know, glass half full, take on the situation. I suppose so. What are you going to give us experience, Dean? Um, well, given the uh, lack of success in our endeavours at uh, comparing air fryers to provide some customer uh, consumer advice to the listeners, um, I, would, I was inclined to give a low score, but I did get to play with the keyboard, uh, which is nice. Uh, mm. I think I did um, I think I did rather well in my musical styling. So I feel like this might be a new career avenue which opened up me in my middle age. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. So I'm going to give it a four. Okay. Four from Dean, very good. Um, I'm going to give it a three, I am, Dean. I did like it when you were singing, um, but I didn't like it that we didn't get any air fryers to work. Okay. I, no, I'll give it a two, because I did lose quite a lot of frozen chips there. But at the same time, that little man that was helping us, he was quite helpful, wasn't he? So I don't want to get into trouble. We're going to give it a four. It's a four. Okay, that's cool. I think turns out we did have the same sort of take on the matter, despite having very different experiences, which is nice. Shows we are in sync, and that's 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 a nice message to give the listener. I think. I think so, Dean, and I think that's the message that investigative journalism should give every listener. Mm. Bye bye. Bye. Yeah.